everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Love Service Wisdom. I had promised you a few weeks ago that I would do my Ramdas Stories podcast, and I'd been actually thinking about it for six months or so. When it was, I knew it was one of the first podcasts I would want to do when I was thinking about um, what I might might want to record. And then since Ramdas is passing, well, I guess I just still have been integrating that reality and that experience. So it's been harder for me to get back to sharing these stories. But I think I think I'm ready now. So we'll dive into that in this podcast. It is the end of January and I'm getting ready to start a yin yoga and yoga nidra 200 hour teacher training at my studio, Sage Yoga and Wellness this weekend, which I'm really looking forward to. A new group of students and I love teaching yin and I love teaching yoga nidra. So that's that's wonderful, but boy, is it a lot of work getting ready for it. And just last weekend, we had one of my good friends, Tony G, and a teacher that I admire so much. He was here in town leading a Pathways of Movement biomechanics-focused uh, weekend module that I got to immerse myself in as a student, which I always enjoy so much. And it was just this, like, incredible delight to have so much time here with Tony, with our students, with him and Krishna, who are such sweet, grumpy old men together, and him with Maya and Benji. Thanks, Tony, for coming out. And then let another weekend module before that, in earlier in uh, January, that was for Vinyasa 200-hour teacher training group that I've got going. We were in the middle of that group. It was like module five, maybe six. So, and whew, as you've heard me say on other podcasts, I opened this other business source meditation space. And so integrating that into my life as well, running a business, but also teaching new meditation classes weekly on the regular. So I have just been so overwhelmed with uh, work and the new year and all these different things. It's been crazy intense. And I'm grateful to Krishna for all his support, especially on the weekends when I'm working. He's stepping into his step-parent role and moving through that. I really couldn't do it without him in some ways. And he built me a wood-fired sauna for Christmas. So we have that. We've had that for the past couple of weeks, almost every night or even in the morning, waking up to a wood-fired sauna. It's so nourishing. It's so wonderful. It's so healing. And Florida girl me, old Florida girl, the sweat and the heat, oh, just just like goes to my bones for happiness. So that's certainly been helpful. Going to get through this weekend and then headed to Australia on February 4th for about a week in New Zealand once we get over there of touring around. And then I'll be teaching at a studio, Inner Space Yoga in Merrickville, which is like a suburb of Sydney a weekend training on February 15th and 16th. So if you're in Australia or in the Cindy area, maybe come see me over at Innerspace. You can find more info about that on Eventbrite. If you look up um, Marissa Rada Wepner or Innerspace Yoga or send me an email if you can't find it, send me a message. We're going over there with all those fires that have been going on too. And I feel in my heart it's such an intense time for the people there, not only for what's happening, but I feel like the sense of um, what's to come and what does the future hold. And in many ways, we don't know. And in lots of ways, it's not looking good, at least on that biological, physical level. So I'm hoping with Krishna and I, his East Forest tour, while we're there, we can help bring um, a sense of peace and interconnection and some healing through that process. Uh, it's it's tragic and it's difficult and it's a lot of energy, especially that fire energy of transformation. And so obviously we didn't know that was going to be happening when we planned these trips over a year ago almost, but that's the timing and that's the space that we're walking into. So Sydney, we're looking forward to getting there with you and giving you as much healing and grounding and clarity and reconnection as possible. And then uh, it's yoga fort time. It's Tree Fort Music Fest time. That's going to be in March here in Boise. 
like it always is for the past, gosh, 10 years? No, it's probably nine years. I don't know, a really long time. But we'll talk more about yoga for later. You know, it's one of my little babies that I created here with my good friend, Celeste. Um, I'm very proud of the way that it's grown. And we've got Micheline Berry, one of my also favorite teachers that I love to study with and learn from. She's coming. And then our friends, Kate and Gordon, and then the musicians that are like next level, insanely talented, Sheila Bringy and Masood Ali Khan and, <clears throat> excuse me, Brent and Clinton and Neelam Jeet and lots of other good things. You can find that if you search Tree Fort Music Fest and Yoga Fort. Come join us for that weekend of classes, mostly all to live music, which is pretty rad. And if you haven't given me a five-star review yet and you're on that Apple platform, go on down, hit the five-star review. It really helps and I appreciate it so, so much. I definitely do. I love doing this podcast so much. I might have to shift it to like, oh, once a month, bi-monthly. Well, this past January, like I said, it's been so crazy busy. It's been difficult for me to carve out the time with like the fire hose of everything else that's going on. I'm either hoping for more spaciousness on the other side of Australia or just shifting things a bit where I'll send this out to you once or twice a month instead of once a week. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe maybe it'll be able to happen where I can get this into a good flow for once a week. I love doing it. I love sharing the stories and the meditations and the conversations too. Anyways, as promised, Ramdas. Hmm, Ramdas. Just the other night, today's Thursday, just last night um, was the global meditation moment for Ram Das that was hosted by Mirabai Bush and Krishna Das, who are both with Ram Das in India with their guru Maharaji. Very grateful to the Love Serve Remember Foundation for putting that together. Krishna met me at uh, the studio downtown after I got done teaching and we went into one of the private rooms and sat together and turned on the YouTube channel and listened to Mirabai and dropped into the loving awareness meditation. And then the chant that Krishna Das sang was so, so beautiful. I have a lot of respect for Krishna Das as a teacher and a guide and a channel of Maharaji's energy. So that's sort of the end of the story, I suppose. Not the end, but near the end. How did I, how did I find out about Ram Das? So it actually goes back to when I was going to do my yoga teacher training. It was 2001. And I haven't shared this story in full yet, but I had planned on going to India in January of 2002 after I had graduated that spring before in 2001 with my bachelor's degree in um, psychology. And then I knew I wanted to become a yoga teacher and go further on this spiritual path. So I was planning a trip, a solo trip all through India. And then that September was September 11th. And if you can remember, I know we all can, how intense it was at that time, especially for, we hadn't like decided to go to war or things like that, but that was in the sphere and coming up. And um, so I decided that it would be difficult for me to travel through the Middle East by myself a couple months after that. So I rerouted and I decided to go to Costa Rica instead. And that's how I ended up at the Nosara Yoga Institute and found my teachers. But as part of that, I was in Florida at the time and um, was going to go up to New York City to visit an old friend from high school, Aaron Hess. And then I was going to go over to Montana where my family had moved to uh, when I started college, like four years prior, visit my family. Then I was going to go over to um, Washington and visit my dad, who was outside of Seattle. And then from there, head down to Costa Rica. So I was taking like two months, like November, December to travel. And then January, head down to Costa Rica. So I was in Orlando at the time. 
And I took a train. I decided to not fly, again, because of all the 9-11 stuff, to New York City. I didn't want to get on a plane to New York City. So I'm like, I'll take the Amtrak. And I took the train from New York or from Florida, Orlando to New York, and then New York over to Montana, and then out to Washington. And on my way on the train from Orlando up to New York, I was in the smoking car and I probably was smoking a cigarette or I was just looking for a spot to hang out. I can't quite remember now, but likely, I don't know, maybe I was, maybe I wasn't. But anyways, I ended up in the smoking car and there was a guy there who looked like the musician Meatloaf, like a big man, long brown hair, even wearing like leather, like meatloaf does. And he and I struck up a conversation and I maybe had said that I was going to do to my yoga teacher training. And we started talking about spirituality and he said, have you heard of Ram Dass? And I said, no, I haven't heard of Ram Dass. At the time I'd read things by, you know, Alan Watts or other, I don't know, lots of other folks, but I hadn't really I hadn't come across Ram Dass yet. And I said, no. And he said, oh, well, you got to add Ram Dass to the list. Check out the book, Be Here Now. And so then I sort of just tucked that info into memory and thought, okay, well, if, if I ever get a chance, I'll look for Be Here Now. So then fast forward, I was in Washington with my dad. We went up to Vancouver for the weekend and we were down in Gastown having a good time, going to all the shops and um, restaurants. And we found an old bookstore that was down a set of steps, like down into a basement. And I love old books and I love antiques and I love old shops. So we walk into this old bookstore and it's like a bookstore from the never ending story where it's just old books piled everywhere. And it doesn't seem like there's much of a system to what's happening. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I walk in and I pull a book off the shelf and then I think, oh yeah, but be here now. I should see if they've got that book that guy told me about. So I go to the desk and it's like an old, um, he was still like the never ending story, like an old, an old man with glasses and kind of long shaggy hair. And he's behind piles of books on all sides. And I ask him if he has a copy of Be Here Now. And he looks through whatever system that he has back then. It's definitely not a computer system. And then he tells me, no, we don't have it. And I say, okay. And then I keep looking around the store. I love to find old spiritual books. I was looking for books like that from old teachers or whoever, random things. And then I think to myself, oh, I wonder what that book was that I pulled off the shelf when I walked in. So I go back to the bookshelf and I go back to the book and I pull it off the shelf. And lo and behold, it's be here now. I'd walked into this bookstore with thousands of books everywhere. And the, the book that I walked in and pulled off the shelf was Be Here Now. And I didn't recognize it because the cover, you know, is kind of strange with that chair and that matrix of lines. And um, so it's sort of blown away, like, holy cow. And then obviously I bought it. It was an old copy of Be Here Now. And I brought it with me down to my teacher training. So I read be here now when I was studying to become a yoga teacher. And it, at like all of us, profoundly affected me, especially the later portion, you know, the, on the brown paper. Wow. It just blew me away. And they talk too a lot about Om Mani Padmeham in it. He uses that mantra and it's a mantra that I tattooed on my arm like two years prior. And anyways, uh, really resonated with that book. And it was a book that I began then to buy and give to lots and lots of other people. That original copy, I don't know who I gave it to, but somewhere along the way, probably not long after I read it. And now sitting here talking, I'm looking at my bookshelf in front of me and I see a copy of Be Here Now and I see Polishing the Mirror. And I read other books over the years like uh, Journey of Awakening or Be Love Now, which is so good, or Grist for the Mill, and then more recently walking each other home or miracle of love and uh, gosh, oh, and the psychedelic experience too that he co-wrote with Timothy Leary. So over the years as a, I don't know, like a just a somebody interested in philosophy and spirituality and studying the self, Ram Dass was a go-to. He was a go-to teacher that I had from afar and somebody that I revered so much. And um, 
um, never thought that, sorry, I hit the mic, never thought that I'd ever have the opportunity to meet him. That seemed like, it would be like the idea of like a meeting Obama, right? Like meeting the president, that something like that would never happen, but I love him and I adore him. And as a year, as a teacher over the years with other teachers, you know, somebody that a lot of us, my good friends would share such an interest in. And then fast forward to 2017 and you know, like I said, just through the years, Ramdas and his teachings were weaving through my life as a go-to reference and leader. And I was divorcing. And so as part of my divorce process, I decided to get this little apartment that I could move out into or spend some time in while Bill and I were separating. So I got in this little apartment by the co-op here in Boise and one of my older friends, Nick Marisich from some valley who I'd known for many years, he sent me a message and said, Hey, do you gotta, can I stay with you guys? You know, while I, I'm coming down to Boise, can I, I'm looking for a place to stay for one night. And Bill and I built a little spot above the garage where we live together called the Hacienda where we host, we built it to host people, friends and family and all kinds of folks that need a spot for, you know, a night up to a month. That was our time limit. And so Nick knew that and he reached out and I, the Hacienda wasn't available for some reason, but I just rented this apartment, right? And I hadn't told anybody that I was getting divorced either, really. It was still super fresh, but I felt bad saying, no, I don't have a spot when, well, I kind of do have a spot. Just I'm not in it yet. And so I said to Nick, yeah, I'm. you can stay in this, not in the Hacienda, but I've got this new spot. I'm getting a divorce and here it is. And I've, I've never actually stayed in it yet, but you know, you're totally welcome to stay here when you come into town and fly out. So we stayed in the Hacienda and he was coming to Boise because he was going to the spring retreat in Maui with Ram Dass. He was a devotee. And so he was the first person to stay in this little apartment and he went to Maui, went to the retreats and then came back. And then when he came back, he stayed there too. And uh, he was very kind and he left me like a little shirt from the retreat, a black one that was like a walking each other home one. And then a little Maharaji pendant too, as a present that I found when he left. So then I got this little Maharaji pendant and up until that point, I would say that I didn't really have a connection to or a relationship with Maharaji, but I thought this pendant was really sweet and I knew who he was. And so I put it on a necklace and I started to wear this little pendant of Maharaji. And then fast forward a little bit further down the road, I... Bill and I were divorcing and Krishna, who was known as Trevor at that time, Trevor, and I started to spend a little bit of time together here and there. We'd been friends for years, but he had started his divorce process too, totally separate. And then they were both kind of overlapping and it gave us a space to um, explore, I don't know, just spend time together, let's just say. And so he actually sent me... um, some podcasts. I hadn't listened to the Here and Now podcast that Raghu Marcus hosts. He started to send me those like, hey, check this out. And I thought, oh, what a great way to get into Ram Dass again. It's so nice. So I started to listen to the Here and Now podcast. And I was like, oh, he's interested in Ram Dass too. That's cool. But not unusual. Who doesn't love Ram Dass? And then one of the first times we were hanging out in like a slightly more intimate way. And he was sharing um, his process a little bit because he was, like I said, in the thick of all of the difficulties of divorce too. And he was like, you know how sometimes there's just signs where you know that you're supposed to go in this direction or that direction. You follow the signs that you see and as you're trying to figure things out. And I'm like, yeah, I totally get that. I know what you mean. And then as he said that, he looked down And he saw the Maharaji pendant that I was wearing and he started to cry and he was just blown away. And he's like, oh, I can't believe you're wearing that necklace. I can't believe you have Maharaji. I was just talking about signs and and I was like, what? What is it? He's like, well, 
I've printed out a picture of Maharaji as a, as a source of support, a source of guidance for me through this process that's, that's so difficult. And so I, I've been developing this relationship with this man and then here he is. And so that was a little spectacular and surprising. And then not long after that, he gave me a copy of Love Everyone, which is stories of devotees telling about their time with Maharaji. And then through reading that book, I started to develop more of a relationship with Maharaji and more of like a feeling sense of who he was in his presence. And then Ramdas, of course, through that. And then through conversations with Trevor at the time and myself, you know, we always had this like lofty idea of like, what, what wouldn't it be like the best thing possible to go to the Ram Das retreat in Maui. I hear it sells out so quickly. Oh, I bet it's so expensive. Oh, I'm never going to get to go to that. And then the fall of 2019, or sorry, fall of 2017, I look back, I just saw this recently. I had written in one of my journals, like an intention or a song, um, a sankampa that Trevor and I would get invited to go to a Ram Das retreat. And that was like September of 2017. <clears throat> and anyways, through reading Love Everyone, if you listen to the podcast of Krishna and I talking about when we went to Ram Das to do the recording, I talk a little about this experience that I had when I was at 1440 Multiversity. I'd been contracted with my friend Dana Men love to work with them on their discovery weekend, creating that. So Dana and I were going to 1440. This is now 2018, the winter of 2018, about once or twice a month for six months or so. And I had was reading Love Everyone and I had just finished the book and I was there and I got a text from a woman that I don't hear from very often. It was just like, I had this the most amazing dream about you. I need to talk to you about it. So I talked to her that morning about this dream that she had had. And then later on, I was in their kitchen table that the um, 1440 has. And they kind of have this unspoken rule, spoken rule about not being on your devices when you're there and being in conversation or being silent. So I was having breakfast by myself or the tendency typically is to be on my phone checking emails or whatever. So I consciously wasn't using my phone because I was in this public space where you're not supposed to do that. So I was like, okay, oh, maybe I'll just write down this dream that my friend said that she had um, so I don't forget it. So I took out my journal and I was recording the dream that my friend had relayed to me. And all of a sudden, I had this moment. It w I can only describe it as a satori or like a gnosis because it came out of nowhere and it was just like a big flash. And I remember seeing in my mind's eye a picture of Hanuman. And in my home, I have this large um, six by four huge painting of Hanuman leaping with um, Sita and Ram in his heart and he's holding the mountaintop and it was painted by my friend Rachel Tenelock here in Boise and I bought it from her years and years and years ago. It was an, a really expensive painting because it's so big and beautiful. So I paid it off like over five years. So it's hanging in the living room. So it's like an image of um, that, of Hanuman with Sita and Ram in his heart. And then I had this wash over me of like, I don't know, like Maharaji, but I didn't quite know what that was, just like this feeling sense. And then it was this moment of recognizing, like I was looking around at the other people there of the divinity, like the pure absolute divinity of everyone there and how it's harder for humans to accept the height of their potential and grace and beauty, it's harder to accept that than to accept less than. Like it's easier to be in human form and and feel like we're not good enough or all the struggles that we go through versus the like huge, large, expansive truth of it all. And then I was just started weeping uncontrollably and not like sad, but tears just kept coming because it was like beautiful and sad at the same time, how everyone is so beautiful and perfect. And we just have 
almost like an inability to know it. It's too big for us to hold. It's too big for us to hold that energy of the truth of who we are. And I just broke. And then eventually Susan, who was there at 1440 with us and Dana, they joined me and I was still just like a wreck, sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. And Dana, to her credit, was just so supportive and sweet and holding space. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm just like, something just cracked open inside of me. And I felt almost like those moments when you have um, oneness interconnection, that like super transparent, fluid, undivided connection, unity, love, consciousness. It was that state too. So it took me, I don't know, maybe like the rest of the half of the day to like ground down from that. But that was just like, I don't know, it just came out of nowhere, like the spontaneous awakening of love, of loving everyone. And then also like that self-love piece too of how hard it is for us to hold that and have that. So that happened. That was the end of February 2018. And then Krishna, meanwhile, again, Trevor at the time, East Forest, he um, had that idea to record Ram Dass and make an album with him. <clears throat> and he reached out to Raghu, who's the, I don't know if it's the word president or head of the Love Serve Remember Foundation, and convinced him that uh, he was the guy for the job to work with Ram Dass. And I remember when Krishna said to me, that he had the idea, he was sharing it. And he's like, I have this idea, but it's crazy. And I don't, I don't know if it feels, I don't know if it could happen, but I would really like for it to happen. He's like, I want to record Ram Dass. And I said, oh, that's going to happen for sure. And when you go, I want to go with you. I want to come with you to record. And he's like, okay, let's see if we can make it happen. So he got the green lights and the green light to come to Maui. And then he worked it out perfectly so that I could join him. My schedule that summer was really busy. I was um, teaching at lots of different festivals. I'd been at Bonnaroo. And so it was right after Bonnaroo, we were supposed to go. And I left there early. My friends, Kate and Gordon that, with Walter Yoga that I was with were really kind and helping me switch my um, schedule around so I could leave on time so I could get back to Boise. Benji was graduating kindergarten. I didn't want to miss his kindergarten graduation. So Krishna went to Maui on Tuesday and I was there so I could be at Benji's graduation on Thursday. And then Thursday night, I think I flew out to meet him in Maui. And then when, and then it was happening. And it was one of those things too that we were so excited about and nervous about that I was I didn't even tell anybody that it was happening, hardly anybody at all. So I didn't tell anybody really that it was happening. And then I, I was there and I was in Maui and Krishna had said, well, I don't know if you'll get to actually be with him. He's, you know, well protected. There's this woman, Dasima, who, you know, doesn't like people to be around him, I don't think. And they're quite protective. So, you know, don't get your hopes up. And I'm like, okay. Meanwhile, of course, my hopes are up. So we get there and we get to Ram Das's house and... I walk into, so he has this beautiful home in Maui that's like a temple unto itself. And I walk into the door and there's a woman who's there on retreat staying. And then there's uh, Govindas, who's one of his um, supporters that helps him. And then there's Dasima and then there's Ram Das, and he's sitting in his chair and I'm with Krishna, of course, or Trevor at the time. And he, the Ram Das looks at me and he, his eyes get really big and he kind of points at me and he shakes his finger and he's just like, yeah, like this, this one. Yeah. Great. And I think to myself, oh good. I think that's a good sign. And then Dasima walks up and she says, so I hear that you're the assistant for today. And I just say, Yes. Yes, I am. I am. I am the assistant for today. She's like, great, okay. And so, just like that, I was. I made it through the gate and through the threshold, and that was quite awesome. So then we go into the study where he is in his chair, and Krishna sets up the recordings equipment, and then I'm there with him for that whole second day, uh, or not second. It's the second day, but it was just supposed to be an hour of recording, but it ended up be almost, being almost two hours 
which we were very grateful to get that time of Ram Das sharing his stories. So many of the lyrics and the songs that you hear on the East Forest Ram Das album are from that day and that recording. And I took some video and some pictures and then was just there uh, listening and being in the presence of it all. And there was this one moment where maybe about 30 minutes into the recording or 45 minutes into the recording, he starts to tell the story of meeting Maharaji. And I think to myself, oh no, this is a really long story. How is he going to get through it in 15 minutes? That's never going to happen. That's never going to happen. And I was very afraid of him getting interrupted, you know, and, and losing the ability to capture that story. And so it felt like energetically, I just put up this field uh, around the space to contain it, to create, because we were going to go over the hour that we were given to, to contain the space so that he could have the time to get all of this out and said. And so there was this like tension of holding all this energy with love while he's slowly working his way through taking LSD for the first time and then wanting to go to India and then going to India and then meeting Maharashi, that classic story. And at one point I get up and maybe we're like, and maybe now it's like an hour and I don't know, 20 minutes and I get up and I go to Dasima and I say, he's in the middle of the story. He's doing great. And she's like, that's okay. Take the time that you need. So she gave us this leeway to like keep going and recording, which was very generous of her. And then he finally gets done. <laughs> Both Christian and I kind of breathe a sigh of relief that we'd made it all the way through without his train of thought getting interrupted. And then we close and then I go out to let Dasima know that we're, you know, finally finished and we're going to start packing up. And then I come back into the room and then this is the moment that I missed where Trevor had asked um, Ramdas to give him a name. And before I had come, Krishna was there for a couple days and he had met a guy there, Vishnu Das, um, that had said that Ramdas had given him a name. I'm like, and he was intrigued by that idea. And he thought, I would like Ram Das to give me a name. We were talking about this on the phone. And and Trevor at the time had said to me, what name do you think he's going to give me? And I said, I don't know. I feel like it's only going to be one word though. I don't know why, but I, I feel like it's one word. He's like, no, it's going to be two. It's always two. It's always like a Das. And I'm like, okay, well, we'll see. And uh, so he had asked him for a name when I'd stepped out. And when I come back in, he kind of gets up. He'd been kneeling down next to him. And I sit in the chair across from Ram Das, where Trevor had been doing his recording and he's packing up the gear. And a couple minutes go by and Ram Das is just staring out into the ocean and settling back in. And someone starts playing kirtan in the living room and, and Ram Das turns to Trevor and he says, Krishna. And Trevor says, oh yeah, they're chanting in the living room. And Ramdas again says, Krishna. And he, Trevor just kind of pauses and he looks confused. And I turn to him and I say, that's your name. He's giving you a name. And then he's even more confused. And he says, just Krishna, like sting or share. And Ramdas says, yes. And, and then he looks at me sitting across from me stares right into my soul and he says, and you, you are Radha. And he slaps his thigh and he just starts laughing. And then we start laughing. And I had thought to myself, when when Trevor and I had been talking on the phone and he said that he had wanted a name, I didn't say anything about wanting a name either. And I wasn't sure that I was would ask for one. And I had been given a name by a few other teachers. So I felt like I kind of had like a name that I'd been given, but I had passed through my mind on that phone conversation. I think if Ram Das were to give me a name, he would name me Radha. And I never had thought that he would name Krishna Krishna. That didn't occur to me, but I thought, I think he would name me Radha. And so as soon as he had said to the Trevor, your name is Krishna, I thought, oh my goodness, here it comes. He's about to say it. And then he said it. And then he said it. And what a beautiful blessing, immense, huge blessing for us, for 
Krishna and I, I think in in relationship and partnership, especially both of us coming out of um, divorces, you know, out of like, quote unquote, failed relationships and learning a lot about ourselves. I can speak for myself, learning a lot about myself and who I was in relationship and, you know, how could I be better or what do I need to learn? And the imagery and the symbology of Krishna and Radha, they're such devoted partners, especially Radha to Krishna. Um, it was like giving me a new way to be in relationship as a devoted partner, because prior I'd been so independent and sort of strong-willed in many ways. And so with the imagery and aspect of Radha, it's so connected and deeply devoted and really so sweet and so loving and so fully present as a partner. And um, yeah, it's funny. Even I'm thinking now back, Trevor and I, we had known each other for so many years. There was a moment too in... Um, in Bulgaria at Uday Alive. It was Uday Alive number one. Just thinking about the Ramdas themes. He was there and he wore this cap that said, Be here now, the whole time that he was there and all the times that we were hanging out. And I thought, what an ugly old man hat. I wonder why. He's so cool. He can wear this ugly old man hat because of the style of it. Old man style, that's at least where my mind went with it. He's wearing this we be here now hat the whole entire time we're at this festival. But I didn't know that he had forgotten his clippers and he couldn't shave his head. So he was wearing the hat 100% of the time because he didn't like not being able to like shave his head down, of course, for his dot hawk. But that's, that's just like another like little pre-flash of the be here now in our lives is him wearing that hat the whole entire time. That was back in 2016. And so now we're in... Now we're in Maui, right? And we just had this amazing time together with Ramdas. Not talk about wanting to go to the retreat. This is even better. We just had time with him in a study for almost two hours, just being able to talk and connect. And I had told a few friends that I was going, and they said, "Oh, well, tell tell him I said hi. Tell tell Ramdas I said hi." And so I had this moment where I knelt down next to him in his chair. And we just eye gazed and it felt like, it felt like, like the, like the purest transmission of love and presence and grace and beauty and Maharaji and all the just beyond, beyond beautiful, loving, present balm I could ever imagine sparkly bright light and that was like me sending all the love from the people that I knew that love Ram Das to him and then I don't know what he was sending into me but boy was it magical and beautiful and wonderful and yeah I could go on and on and so we finished that day and then two days later we got to go where they go swimming together in Maui met them at the beach and at our first Ramdas ocean swim, and then we were invited to join Ramdas for brunch afterwards. We sat with him at brunch with him and his other friends, which was another just like priceless, precious. I can't believe we get to do this moment. Then we came back and then we had the recording. And then so I was with now Krishna um, through the whole process of creating that album and um, was involved in so many aspects of it from like, I remember being there in Maui and he had done that one day of recording before I got there and sitting in the car and listening to the lyrics, the lyrics now, but the teachings that he had given and him sharing like the raw words and also like the raw music without the words and the directions that he was going in. And so then hearing all of these things start to get put together and the pieces coming into place and the unfolding of it all in such a graceful way, sometimes difficult way, but mostly just so rich and beautiful. And then that summer uh, for Krishna's birthday, I'd asked my friend here in town, Liz Hilton, who's a painter, um, to paint. She, As a trade, she said she would paint me a painting for some work I'd done for her a couple years prior. So I decided to cash it in. And for Krishna for his birthday, I asked her to paint a painting of Maharaji. I knew that he really loved 
the one photograph that was hanging in Ram Das's study. That's him with his blanket wrapped around him. So I sent that to Liz to paint the um, a painting as a present for Krishna, which she started to work on. Or maybe she didn't start to work on it then, but I, when we were talking about the album cover, I said, oh, I've got this friend who's actually really good at portraits, um, like way better than most because it's actually quite a hard thing to do is get portraits to look good. And so he reached out and she's the one that did the painting of Ram Das for the cover of the album. Oh, and that Hanuman painting, the one that I have hanging in my living room, my friend Rachel, years ago, she made like smaller G-clay prints of it. And when we went to go visit Ram Das, I took the print that I had hanging in Benji's bedroom and brought it to Ram Das as a present. He loved it so much. He was so delighted. And he put it up in his study on his window so we could see it. And then Dasima had asked if we could send her some prints for their uh, retreat, for their auction. So we did. And that was really nice. And now every time that we've been to the retreat, there's a print of the big colorful leaping Hanuman that Rachel's printed. And that's just become like part of the Sangha and part of the part of the group and part of the story and there the original is hanging in the living room we look at every single day and then the first chapter released for the album we had here in Boise at the first Presbyterian church and it was a really huge success and so um, wonderful to have Krishna playing the music live and then doing the live stream and the Q&A too. It was a great turnout. It was a really sweet release for the whole album. And then the second chapter was released when um, Krishna was playing here for the opening ceremony for Tree Fort Music Fest. And then the third chapter was when we were together on our Esalen retreat in June. And then the fourth was at Envelope in San Francisco in August. Uh, the envelope space, so cool to have that in such a intimate listening environment. So finally, all that album stuff came out. All that album stuff, all that album stuff came out uh, cultivating with the, well, there was the release of the album in August, but back up before that, since he was working on the album and we had been there in June of 2018, Worked on the album, January 2019, the first few songs start to get released. And then he was invited to come to Maui to play at the spring retreat, which was what we are like wildest dreams had hoped for back in like 2017. And I'd written in my journal, even before he had said he wanted to do the Ram Dass project, I'd written down that I had wanted us to get invited and here was the invitation. So now we were coming to the Maui Spring Retreat in 2018. Was it 2000? No, sorry, 2019. So that happened. Such a blessing to be with Ram Das and the whole Sangha there. And then not long after that, we had connected with the, the sweetest man who I love so much, Hanuman Das, who runs the Tao, the, sorry, the Taos. Neem Karole Baba Ashram, and then they were having the uh, opening of the great Hanuman temple that they'd been working 40 years to put together. And I, in the past couple of years, had been um, sending money to them for their donations and things like that that they would ask for. So I had known about, and I would, had talked to Krishna about going down to Taos earlier that fall for um, Neem Karole Baba's uh, the, the anniversary of him leaving, leaving his body. We didn't make it, but I'd been like kind of bugging him about it. And then wanting to go over Hanuman's birthday and we didn't make it. And then when we were with Hanuman Das at the spring retreat, he invited Krishna to come to the opening of this temple in July coming up. And so then that great desire had gotten fulfilled as well. And we were able to go down to Taos to the Neem Karoli Baba Ashram for the opening of this temple. And there was just thousands of people, members of the Sangha. Ram Das came. He came from Maui. He hadn't left Maui in 14 years. He came to the opening of this temple. That was so incredible and spectacular. And oh, I started to learn 
the Hanuman Chalesa since being at the mat, the May retreat and wanting to, um, I wanted to, I wanted to be part of the club too. I wanted to be able to sing this huge chant that everybody was super into. So since that May retreat, I had taken on the daily practice of learning one line a day of the Chalesa so that by the time we got to the, um, Hanuman temple opening in June or July, I'd be able to sing it. And I was able to do that, to drop into that space and sing like 108 Chalisas with the whole group and with Ramdas and two Ramdas and oh, man, beauty, 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 beauty. And then, oh, jumping back a little bit more too, February 2019, I turned 40. It's my 40th birthday on the 27th. And my original yoga teachers that I mentioned from Nosara, they were traveling to India with their teacher, Amrit Desai. And I had never returned or I hadn't, I hadn't not returned. I had never had the opportunity to go to India since that original time when I was so much younger and wanted to go. So it felt like for my 40th birthday and with my yoga teachers that I adore so much, it was the perfect opportunity to get to go to India. So I went to Rishikesh for two weeks in February of 2019, my first time to India. I went with my friend Susan from 1440 and from here in Boise. And I was had been wearing that little charm. I still wear it, that original charm from my friend Nick of Maharaji around my neck. And when one day we were coming back from the Beatles ashram or Maharishi Mahesh's ashram outside of Rishikesh, right there in the hills, we stopped in this place, uh, like a little gift shoppy type place selling murtis and malas and all the things. And the man in the shop saw my necklace of Neem Karole Baba and he said, oh, you like, you love Maharashi? And he said, yeah, I do. I love him very much. He said, well, I'll take you to his temple outside of town. And I said, really? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll take you there. And I said, okay. He's like, I'll take you, I'll take you two days from now. And two days from then was my birthday. I'm like, okay, well, we're staying here at the Sri Sri Ravi Shankar ashram and pick me up. He's like, I'll pick you up on a motorcycle. And I thought to myself, oh, not a motorcycle. My friend Louie, the one thing he said was don't get on a motorcycle in India. So I was a little like, oh, I don't want to get on a motorcycle, but I want to go to the Neem Karoli Baba ashram. What do I do? Okay, well, I guess I'll just, okay. And so then I made this plan with this sweet man, Mohit, from the Beatles ashram gift shop there. And my, my birthday comes around and he, we're WhatsApping now. He says to meet him at 7 a.m. and it's raining. And because it's raining on that day, he can't drive the motorcycle. So he picks me up in a truck and I think, oh, what a blessing. How great. And he has this amazing bouquet of flowers for me too. So I have this beautiful bouquet of flowers he drives me outside of town to the Neem Karoli Baba ashram. It's the morning of my 40th birthday. And I get there and nobody's there except for, I don't want to call them monks. I would say, I don't know, the keepers of the ashram. They're there and there's, they're chanting, they're playing the harmony and they're chanting to the um, Hanuman Murti that's there inside the first temple. And then outside the temple, there's... Um, a 50 foot tall Hanuman statue. And then there's another little temple for Neem Karoli that it's like a replica of him on his tucket, like life size, kind of elevated a little bit. And then there's another temple that's to Ananda Maima. And I have my flowers that I leave as offerings and uh, rupees too. And then I get to go and I sit in the temple with the Neem Karoli Baba, the Maharaji replica for like an hour, just deep in meditation. And yeah, what a blessing. What a blessing on my birthday. And what a blessing to be in that presence, in that place, in that energy. And then all of these kind of like dots are gaining, are being put together in my mind of like Maharaji and his like Leela, his play and dance of like the relationship that Krishna and I now have and the role that he's played in it and the like ultimate just sweetness and beauty and 
gratitude for that process and his guidance through it, especially, man, through something that's so hard and difficult and painful to have that like overarching love presence and trust and support and guidance um, through him and even in the teachings of Ramdas and how, yeah, how when Krishna and I came together, we both came with this deep love and respect for Ram Das, and in this transition point, and it feels like in some ways Maharaj just picked that up and brought it like a gazillion steps forward. And it definitely feels like Krishna just said this today that it, we have our souls have a contract together, and you know, in many ways, that's why we are here now as partners is the roles that we're fulfilling together in each other's lives. Hmm. Hmm. So that was a piece too. That was back in February of 2019. And so then we went to the retreat in May and went to the opening of the Hanuman temple in the summer. Wow. Huge, huge bhakti bomb blessing soul transmission time space there. And then went, then we were invited to come back to the winter, the Christmas, um, December retreat with Ramdas in Maui, which we both really, really wanted to go to too, to see the Sangha again and to see Ramdas and to be there at that time and to share more of the music. When we were there in May, some people had heard of the music in the album, but it didn't seem like a lot of folks have. And the full album hadn't even come out yet. And so now the full album had been out and the reworks were coming out and more awareness was happening within even just the Sangha of the teachings of Rambas and this this template of the music. And so then we got to be there with Matt on Maui um, with Ramdas, whose health had drastically declined since that time that we had seen him in June of 2018. He'd almost passed over that spring right before the spring retreat and didn't and made it through and then even went to Taos, which was a miracle. And then we were there in December. He was very frail and not talking at all. Where he had talked a little bit when we were there in the spring, but not talking at all in December. I unfortunately missed that moment when he came to the afternoon, um, uh, the afternoon meditation uh, teaching Ram Dawson Friends section of the retreat where he did the I Am Loving Awareness meditation because I was with Krishna helping him get ready for his performance that was going to be right after that. But there was a moment the second day of the retreat, I think it's five days, where Ram Das had come in in the afternoon and he, I, we, Krishna and I like to sit along the side on the little benches instead of the chairs. So we had come in it was he was in his wheelchair there off to the side, sitting next to Mirabai and quite close. And I'm just like, oh, he's right there. And I'm so happy. And I can feel it so much. And at one point I got up to go to the bathroom and I go past him and I come back and then I turn and, and look at him after I sit down again. He's been watching me and his eyes are like right on me. And he gives me this look and this kind of like bob of his head where he just says without saying it, hey, it's nice to see you again. Felt like that. Like when I was like, hey, yeah, I see you. And I thought, Ooh. it was like a little like inter inner jolt. And I get kind of like giddy and happy about it. And Krishna, he's very um, respectful and reserved. He's like, well, I don't want any of Ram Dass's time and I'm not going to go up to him. And, you know, he's given me so much. And, you know, I, don't, I just want to find a moment where I can give him the vinyl, give him the album like I told him that I would. So... A couple of days later, we give him the vinyl and he's not able to say anything verbally, but he's very much into looking at it and seeing and he loves the picture of Maharaji that's on it. And we spend a little bit of time with him then and then just kind of let him have a space because you can tell it's a lot for him. And we had had, we like Krishna had said, we'd received so much from him from that time that we got to spend with him doing the recordings and was just feeling really full and satisfied. And the very last day of the retreat, in the morning at breakfast, we all eat in the same place. 
the sea house restaurant I guess it's a bathroom experience. I'm putting this together. I got up again to go to the bathroom. And as I'm walking out, I go out the side door and Krishna Das, or sorry, Ram Das is being wheeled in. I'm like, oh. And so I stop and I hold the door open for him so that he can come in. And he's, as he's walking past me, he says, he lifts his hand up, his left hand, and he says, thank you. Thank you. And then that for me, those couple words, that's the only thing that I heard him speak the whole time that we were there was those two words, thank you. And it just dropped into my soul in this bigger way. And I went back to Krishna and I said, Ramdas said, thank you, as I was holding open the door. But I don't think that he was saying it just for holding open the door. I feel like he was saying it because of your work and your album and, you know, you giving that to him. It was just kind of like, I'm trying to pass that on to you that he wanted to say that. Because that's how it felt to me. And then that was that was our time in Maui. And then all the reworks came out like a week later. And then a couple of days after that, Ramdas passed away. And that hit me really hard. It was I was really, 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 really sad. I I don't <clears throat> I don't know why. I mean, I know it's just a body and I know he's more available in some ways, not attached to form, but I was really sad and I cried for a very, very, very long time. I was one of those things where you go to bed crying and you wake up crying, and then you cry even more, and then you cry even more, and then you cry even more. And I guess that's just the grief process. I've been fortunate, I suppose, where I haven't had a lot of people pass in my life that have been so close to me or so impactful. And uh, when when we, Krishna and I found out that he had died, it was, it was on Sunday, the day that he passed, people started to text him and message him. And then he told me, and my first response was to make sure that he was okay in a way. <laughs> and then I, when he was like more stoic and handling it better than me, then I was just kind of, then I was feeling all the waves that I was feeling. We were out with friends at their house having kind of like a pre-holiday gathering. And then we had to leave because I couldn't, couldn't like, couldn't like engage in socialness then. And we came home and we just laid in bed and I just cried and we talked about Ram Dass and our time. And then we put on the album and we laid in bed listening to the whole album start to finish. It was late at night and just every single song and his words and his voice and <sighs> sometimes it doesn't feel quite real still that he's not with us anymore. And like I said, I know he still is with us in so many ways and it's just physical form, but he was one of our leaders. He was definitely one of the greatest American spiritual teachers for sure and opened up that that transmission from east to west so fully and uh, I'm incredibly grateful for the teachings that he gave me when I was a lot younger and this time that I got to spend with him now these past couple years in a closer way and the way too that his presence and being in life and Maharaji's helped inform and form the relationship that I'm in now and the direction that my life has taken. We'll see where it all goes to from here. That's a little random smattering of some of the highlights of the intersections with the great Ram Das and Maharaji so far. And now in some ways we're it. We are the teachers. We are carrying the lineage forward and um, Ramdas has left us lots of teachings and certainly his life example to follow, to follow. And I think of, I think of him every single day. I think of Maharaji every single day, multiple times a day. And I'm always reminded to be here now. And I am loving awareness. I am loving awareness.